0: Week after week on X-Ray FM's original oldies radio show, Hootin' How. That's Hootin' How, 5 p.m. every Sunday. For nine years, live and archived at X-Ray FM.
1: You're listening to X-Ray FM, KXRY Portland at 91.1 FM. K296 FT West Haven serving Portland at 107.1 FM and K219 KU Nahalem serving Nahalem, Manzanita and Rockaway Beach at 91.7 FM streaming live and archived at xray.fm Radio is yours and now it's time for Blazer's Edge Blake to inbound. The Blazers have a 20-second timeout. Nate McMillan deciding whether to use it. Blake now throws to Roy. Brandon a three-pointer out front. Hit it! Yes, he did! Oh, yeah! The two throws to Lillard. A three for the game. (laughs) Lillard has it. No timeout. Game into the front court. Ten seconds.
2: Five seconds. George backing up. Miller doesn't want to pick.
1: Game going.
2: Hey, hey, welcome into to another edition of Blazers Edge Radio right here on X-Ray FM. I'm your host, Ryan Buchanan. Uh, we'll be joined shortly by my good friend and co-host, Mr. Sam Arnold. Uh, and we've got, as always, Stephen Glickman running the boards, working hard behind the scenes, doing a fine job, as always. Finally got the band back together here. Sam's been out the last couple weeks. Uh off doing stuff in the music world. We had uh, the one and only Dylan Sage filling in, talking a little bit of draft in between for the last couple of weeks. Dylan Sage, of course, of the Holy Backboard podcast. No draft talk this week. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty. Uh, we'll talk about the last week that was for the Portland uh Promising in terms of on-the-court production. You had, of course, Damian Lillard's emotional return to, the, uh, to Portland, and the Trailblazers stealing the show, getting the upset victory over the uh, full-strength Milwaukee Bucks in that game, in an electric atmosphere at the Rose Garden, and then a surprisingly competitive couple of games in Denver, uh, where the Blazers uh, Friday and Sunday both in Denver, and uh, Sunday damn near won that game, led for most of the way against the Nuggets. Both games competitive. So if you're a Blazer fan, it, the the team is re- per- returned to a competitive state. And that's something that we hadn't seen for a while. It's something we saw at the beginning of the year, and then it kind of shifted away from that. You started seeing a lot of lopsided games, that road trip from hell going back towards uh, uh, the beginning of the calendar year. And now they've started to stabilize a little bit, and we'll see how long that lasts as the uh, trade deadline rapidly approaching. It's going to be at noon Pacific time on Thursday, so we've got a little under 48, about 47 hours until the trade deadline. Um, so that will certainly be something to monitor as a Blazer fan. As if they are looking to make a move, it will almost certainly be Malcolm Brogdon, and we'll see if anything develops on that front. And we do have Mister Sam Arnold uh, back in the s- saddle. Sam,
0: how you doing? I'm good, man. It's it's been a while. It has been a <laughs> it's while. Been it has a minute. been a
2: while, but you're back. I'm uh, back. You've been out on the on the open road all yeah. over the globe, trotting yourself, yeah. and yeah, yeah, yep. So now you're back here in Portland, and you're and you're locked in on
0: the uh, on the Blazers. Yes, yeah, man, it's been fun these last few games. It, it has. It, it feels like a fun team to. Re- I feel like this is the team that we've all like wanted yeah. to see when exactly. we saw this roster to come together. It's fun. Exactly.
2: Yeah, and especially you look at the last three matchups. Yeah. I mean, those are contenders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it has been promising. Now. Before we get into all that, I gotta ask: Do you think do you see Malcolm Brogdon getting traded? Because everything we're hearing out of Portland right now and out of Brogdon is that he's staying put. Yeah, but um, that doesn't necessarily mean anything.
0: Yeah, I, I I think at this point you're you're definitely fielding offers. I think that it would be stupid not oh. to do that. Right. Um, that being said, I don't know. The chances of a a contending team who would want a guy like Malcolm uh, most likely coming off the bench, I would imagine, because most contenders have a pretty good point guard already. But Malcolm's a a great piece for any team. I mean, he's a great basketball player. Um, Yeah, I don't know if we're going to get enough, and what we keep hearing from the Blazers camp is they like having him around the young guys, kind of leading by example. And, you know, I I like Malcolm Brogdon. Um, Yeah. It's it's unfortunate that he's kind of on on this weird timeline that the team's on doesn't right now. Fit it he's doesn't not fit not at all. Be
2: part of the group going forward. Yeah. So
0: it would yeah it's
2: it's a weird situation and unfortunately it's it's muddled even more because I think he has been helping out Scoot in a lot of the ways that Chauncey Billups has not yeah. <laughs> been helping out Scoot. So it's almost like you're keeping him. He's playing great. Mm-hmm. Not, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. It's not you know he's having a He's still playing at a very high level, but you're, you're almost keeping him because you need him as a coach. Yeah. Yeah,
0: he's,
2: he's like <laughs> Not an Not just a mentor, coach. but like an actual coach. Yeah. Right? And so that's unfortunate that because of your poor decisions several years ago in terms of your, your coaching hire mm-hmm. that you're still paying for to this day and will still be paying for probably through next year too at least, um, that you're you're in a situation where you feel like you have to hold on to him.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, it is unfortunate that everything is kind of landing the way it is. Um, I I think probably another big factor why we might not see him move before the deadline is uh, Shaden Sharp's health. Mm -hmm. If Shaden was healthy and playing in the rotation, that that gives you a little more uh, argument to say, well, Brogdon probably shouldn't be in the rotation. We have a lot of guards. we got to feed all these mouths. But because there's kind of that gap in the rotation now because Shaden's injured – you kind of need somebody to play. Yeah. So, you know, if you already have somebody and he's helping the team out, I, I'm not opposed to keeping Brogdon, at least through the end of this season, maybe explore some deals closer to the draft.
2: And it's interesting because going into this year, you were saying that the Blazers would be fools to to hold on to him at the after the trade deadline.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I already think that we probably should have dealt him a month ago when his value was at its highest. Uh, but at this point, I just... You you keep hearing much bigger guard names being thrown around. Like you hear DeJounte Murray constantly being thrown around as a name. And that's I think a team that a lot of guys are gonna targeting, especially the Lakers are the biggest one that, that you keep hearing in, in regards to that. And the Lakers are a team that could also use a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. But I think if you're the Blazers you just you can't undersell at this point. You can't just take anything right. that somebody gives you because yeah. he is he is a good presence on the team. I've got an interesting team for you. Yeah.
2: Minnesota. Oh, okay. Kind of a, you know, you've already got your, obviously your star in Anthony Edwards. You've got a veteran point guard there in Mike Conley. You know, yeah. you've got Jordan McLaughlin who's been the backup. Clearly, Malcolm Brogdon's an upgrade over oh, yeah. over McLaughlin. That will help, you know, the an issue with Minnesota is they're not terribly deep. That would help with that. You're looking for a team that that wants to show that they're legitimate. and I mean, we keep waiting for them to fall off. As it stands now, they're tied for first place in the West with, of all teams, the Oklahoma City Thunder. (laughs) Still, 50 games in. We're more than halfway through the year now. And those teams are still at the top. It's wild. Clippers and Nuggets right behind, and then there's a rather significant drop-off there. So uh, the the West just continues to be wild, especially the fact that those two, especially the Wolves, right? Because the Thunder, we knew, had a lot of young talent. They were on the rise. The Wolves look like a team that were about to—ready to tear it all down.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and the fact that they've come out with the year that they have and they have it, it's one thing to get off to a hot start, right? Mm-hmm. We see that all the time. Mm-hmm. But 50 games is a significant sample size. Like that at this point it does not appear they're going away. Yeah. So now if you're Minnesota, you're looking, okay, we we've clearly had a good regular season. We're going to be one of the top teams presumably. What can we do? to make a deep postseason run. Because this isn't you don't want to just waste this this good this unexpectedly good season with the with a first round bounce, right? Right. You need to capitalize on it. So that I fully expect them to be buyers Mm. look to improve that rotation, get deeper, and that could be a team that conceivably I could see Malcolm Brogdon making sense on. the question is going to be what do they have what to you, offer yeah exactly they, all of their picks went to Utah mm-hmm. in the Rudy Gobert mm-hmm. trade right so it's going to be well, the question mark there is what do they have to
0: offer and the players that you would want as a Portland fan I think a guy like McDaniels fits in really nicely on this Portland roster going forward he's young good you know stretchy defensive minded wing they're not going to give him up though. They like him over there. There's a, there's yeah. a lot of players that He's I would a piece like. Going for Nas right? Reed, yeah. I would I would love. They're not giving him up. Like these these are all guys that are the reason that the Timberwolves right. are so good. So
2: you're probably yeah. They're saying hey, you want
0: uh, Nikhil Alexander yeah. Walker and uh, Leonard Miller? Yeah, which you know <laughs> in a second round pick. Does that if we, do anything for you? If we, we see that? that headline pop up on on noon, <laughs> I'd, I'm not too too surprised bro, with how the Blazers Luka Garza, have been Garza in there. Oh, maybe geez, maybe a getting, window more. Yeah. You have
2: Deshaun Nix, to Anybody, anybody. <laughs> anybody outside of our top eight guys, you yeah. got, right? Yeah. <laughs> and as many second-round picks as you want. But uh, that would be a t- – yeah. Uh, yeah, if you're Portland, you're looking, saying, you know, they were balking at Miami's offer last mm-hmm. year for Damian Lillard. Now, Malcolm Brogdon's not Damian Lillard, but Malcolm Brogdon, a significant piece that you – that's the other thing you have to consider here. That's a significant piece that you got in the Damian Lillard deal. Yep. So anything you trade him for is – is connected to the Damian Lillard Hall, right? right? Which right now is is Aiton, uh, Robert Williams, which has been an unmitigated disaster, yep. as many of us expected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, you got some graph capital, obviously, and then Brockton, because you, you had uh, Holiday, you flipped Holiday, you had Holiday and Aiton as your kind of guys, and Tumani Kamara too. Mm-hmm. And then you flipped... Uh, holiday to the celtics for brogdon and williams williams hasn't worked out and mm-hmm. i again he has almost no trade value at this point yeah and then Brockton, who does clearly have trade value. DeAndre Ayton, not so much. He's on a long contract. He's mm-hmm. still younger. You're still if you're the Blazers, it makes sense to hold on to him. Yeah,
0: right? you, you kinda have to buy in on right. him right and
2: now. And you got a couple more years on his contract to yep. see if he's your guy. I don't think teams are lining up to trade for him with the contract he's got right now, right? Mm-hmm. Clearly is Phoenix had been trying to get rid of him and they mm-hmm. couldn't. Um so you're you're tied into Ayton right now, but that's about it. So now the, it, Malcolm Brogdon was a big return, part of the return on the Damian Lillard trade. So that uh, speaks to your point. Yeah, you don't want to just give him up for you know forty second round picks. Yeah. So you got to play it safe here, and, and I'm just I'm really curious to see how it works out. But if, if there is a good deal, if you can get someone like a Jaden McDaniels, like a another good wing going
0: forward, you got to pull the trigger at that point. I would think, yeah. right? Um, I I think another team that assuming because the big rumor is Dejounte Murray to the Lakers right now. That's that's kind of what people are expecting to happen. Now there's a lot of Fox
2: are a dumpster fire. They're looking to yeah, they're tear looking it up.
0: That, that experiment didn't work out with the two of them, um, which honestly is is still surprising to me. Uh, but if the Lakers don't get that done. Maybe Brogdon is a guy that they target to bring in, get mm-hmm. some more point guard depth. And there's a lot of guys on the Lakers who I would be pretty happy bringing in as, as a rebuilding part of the team. You know, you guys got guys like Jared Vanderbilt, uh, Rui Hachimura. Your
2: good friend, Jared Vanderbilt. You my guy, my back guy. Back in Utah. Yeah, back back right? when he was a member of the Utah Maybe Jazz. Get briefly. You guys reunited. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. But, I mean, this, it's a team that has a lot of players that are kind of underperforming, and, and yeah. they're very much on a we-need-to-win ASAP. Oh, oh, yeah. So... I don't know. They, I, I think that's a team that has a lot more pieces that I'd be interested in that would be very interested in bringing a guy like Malcolm Brogdon. So right. if I'm the Blazers, I'm I'm saying, hey, you, you guys going to make me an offer or what?
2: Well, yeah, clearly Joe Cronin has to be filled in any and every offer right now to see what you can get, right? Yeah. Because, I, I mean, you're looking especially – you look at the – I mean, bo- it's a weird situation right now because I feel like there's a logjam in both conferences, right? You've got mm-hmm. – in, in the West – I mean, obviously, we think of the Nuggets as the top team just because they're the champions. They're still there. The Clippers have been phenomenal, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's kind of wide open, right? It's like yeah. the Suns are the Suns good. We think they're good. The Thunder are and the Wolves. Do so they really see them as the top team? So the West is wide, wide open. The in the East you've got the Celtics. You've got. We still think the Bucks, although the yeah. the Cavs have now moved into a tie yeah. for second place in the Eastern Conference. But Celtics clearly number one, and then you've got some other talented teams out east. There's a logjam there. Uh, there's a significant injury that's going to impact that race as well that we'll talk about in a little bit. But there's a lot of teams right now that are going to be looking to do whatever they can to get marginally better to to separate themselves from the pack. Yeah, in both conferences, yeah. and that's something we don't see every year. Right, exactly. Especially in the West, there's no clear. East, you've got a clear-cut favorite. Yeah, in the in the Celtics, yeah. right? There, that right now is bonafide. Like they are head and shoulders above the rest of the NBA right now in terms of continuity, in terms of mm-hmm. stability. Mm-hmm. The West is wide open. You'd still, I'm still going to put the Nuggets in there as number one, but I don't feel the same way I feel about the Nuggets as I do about the Celtics out East.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I totally agree with that. I mean, there's, I think those top four. In the West, seem like they're pretty solidified right now. Sacramento's like kind of surprisingly a question mark this year. Yeah, which I was surprised. I think both of us were really high on them coming into the year, especially with how they looked at the end of last year. They've but been inconsistent, very yeah. inconsistent.
2: And then, like I mentioned, the Suns. Yeah. You still got yeah. the Pelicans right there, Dallas the in there, right there. Yeah, I mean, a
0: lot of a lot of question marks in there. The and, Warriors still, yeah. you know,
2: not giving up. We'll yep. see
0: what they do come trade deadline. Yeah, but that'll be interesting. It's
2: going to be interesting. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts text line is open 971 that 971 on the x-ray text line any uh, uh, trade deadline ideas that you got uh, if you want to give us your all-star snub that's going to be one of our questions coming up is there an all-star snub uh, and the rule with that is is uh, to give away one of our three questions if you have a snub you have to replace them with a player currently on the roster. You can't just say this guy's a snub and then just add him to the roster. You got to <laughs> you got to take somebody off the roster yeah. first to make it to make it legitimate. Uh, so we want to hear from you nine seven one two two zero five nine seven nine. Now let's talk Blazers, Sam, because mm-hmm. we mentioned this has been a a fun stretch, right? And it's been a while since we've had a fun stretch. A couple, you know, certainly this is our first fun stretch of twenty twenty four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I want to go back to the game against the Bucks. This was the one everybody had penciled on the calendar, right? Dame's return um, gets a great ovation from the fans. It's an electric atmosphere, uh, and the Blazers really rose to the occasion. And they came out to play. And the the guy who really stood out for me is is really stepping up and having a big game. And with the with the bright lights on him was Scoot Henderson. Yeah, and he only played twenty two minutes and we can talk about that in terms of I'd like to see him look get a little mm-hmm, bit more mm-hmm. love to get him some run down the stretch there yeah. against Damian Lillard right didn't happen it ended up you go with your uh your more established guards and Brogdon signs but in 22 minutes Scoot Henderson 15 points he had four assists 6 of 11 from the field and he he was not afraid of the moment he was he he wanted to make a statement in this game that, you know, I'm not Damian Lillard, but I'm Scoot Henderson, and I'm pretty damn good, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I thought that he really stepped out. I, this has got to be the first game the Blazers were on national TV this year. I can't think of another one. Yeah, I would, um, I would think so. So this very well might be Scoot's first NBA game on national TV. Mm-hmm. Um your thoughts on uh, on Scoot rising the occasion against uh, the letter O, and, and and just overall on the on that night uh, just about a week ago in Portland with uh, Dame returning home and the Blazers uh, just having a really strong game and and, and it somehow beating the Bucks who were at full strength. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, Scoot was was phenomenal. This is his best game of the year, in my opinion. Um, I don't really know how you could argue anything other than that. But like you were saying, Scoot had a incredible first half. Like, he came out swinging in the first half. Yeah, almost
2: all that damage was in the first half. Yeah,
0: yeah. And he just, like, kind of disappeared in the second half, and, and part of that was when he was on the court he wasn't being quite as aggressive but maybe that's because he wasn't on the court very often yeah. you know you gotta you gotta warm these players up a little
2: bit <laughs> and this was the perfect opportunity to give him some legitimate crunch time yeah high stake you don't have many high stakes games this year yeah right so this was this was, i know you wanted to get the win if you're chauncey but damn it the kid's playing well yeah leave him out there yeah. for the let him close out the game if you yep. lose
0: you lose yep I right? totally agree.
2: He needs those opportunities. There's not going to be many of them this year. Yep. It, right, exactly. That's a that's a good point. So it was a, a total misdaug. I would much rather have the Blazers lose this game with Scoot getting a chance to go mano-a-mano mano with Dame down the stretch yeah. than, than winning with Malcolm Brogdon and Scoot sitting on the bench.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. As
2: cool as it is to get this big win, like you got to see the bigger picture
0: here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, this is like we tooted Many many times over the course of this year, this is not a season where you're trying to win games. It doesn't matter if you're winning games anymore. Right. So why not get the twenty guys. games under five hundred? Yeah, and it'd be a different thing. Like I, I could see the argument of Scoot was like really bad and exactly. having a terrible but game, wasn't. but he was he was great in this exactly. game. Yeah, and he had
2: seven turnovers and he looked lost. Yeah, you don't want to put him in a situation where you think he's going to fail, but yeah. he, the, everything he showed you in that first half would lead you to believe that he was ready for the moment. Yeah,
0: and I mean, we we saw that the massive scoring and and it was the next game, right? The next thirty, the, first the next game, night
2: against the Nuggets, which yep.
0: was phenomenal. But you got to imagine, like, man, if you let Scoot keep going in this Milwaukee game, yeah, he probably could have matched that. Probably could have had more. Than to that. your point, <laughs> twenty-two minutes
2: against. Uh, Milwaukee, thirty-seven minutes exactly. against Denver, and he gets thirty
0: points. Yeah, so let him let him go. I, it's time to take the training wheels off. Yeah, he's your number three pick. Like let him let him run the team a little bit. <laughs> no kidding. Uh,
2: text rolling in. Okay, this is interesting because this gets to something I wanted to talk about. Uh, the crowd at Moda gave Doc Rivers a rousing welcome of loud booze. What was that all about? <laughs> I just don't think anybody likes Doc Rivers. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> he's one of those guys that. I don't think he's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's just easy to boo. He makes a lot of dumb decisions. You got the hoarse voice. Yeah. You got the choke jobs. Yep. <laughs> I, he's just a. He, I don't. People just don't like him. Yeah. What do you think that's all about?
0: I I think it's it's a lot of that. I think there's there's a big factor of like we all kind of realize that he's pretty overrated as a coach. Mm-hmm. I also think that his time with the Clippers in that era, uh, mm. we had some really salty matchups with those teams okay. in, that, in that Chris Paul era. So I don't know. He's a guy that I've never liked, and, and a lot well, of it Well, I haven't was,
2: either, but I never really thought about it. Yeah, you know? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You just not
0: don't ever. like him. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think the other part is like I, I still don't really think that Adrian Griffin was doing a bad job in Milwaukee. I think their defense <laughs> took a big step back, but Doc Rivers clearly didn't help that more, because you just lost to the bucks. Blazers. Right. Like, uh, so I don't know. I I feel bad for. I want
2: to get okay. Yeah, let's, let's talk about that because you were out when yeah. we had that discussion. That was a bizarre <laughs> and a bizarre turn of events uh, because Joe Missoula was the coach of the All Star game last year for the East. He is ineligible, so that means that the team with the second best yeah. record. At the time of whatever they picked, which was this weekend, I think, mm-hmm. uh, that coach was going to be the all-star game uh, starter for the Eastern Conference. Well, it turned out the Bucks were in second place. Yeah. And it turns out it's Doc Rivers. <laughs> yeah, that's wild. Who's was going to be the – now, to his credit, he kind of said what a joke it was and that he didn't really want to do it anyways. Mm-hmm. But the, the, I, I think it's that – I when mean, you look at – yeah, and Adrian Griffin, I still think – something went on behind the scenes, especially given what we heard about early, uh, going into the year with the Terry Stotts incident. I think there was something going on behind the scenes with Adrian Griffin where he just lost control of that team. But sure. on paper, yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And me and Dylan Stage were talking about, I mean, what more could you have, uh, I mean, on the court, I know the defense hasn't been good, but the team is you know second place in the Eastern Conference. What right. more could you have right. expected from a guy in his first year as a head coach? Yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> like what I—that's and that's what leads me to believe there's something going on behind the scenes there, and that's where uh, you bring in the doc to try to uh, figure things out behind the scenes, and then blow it on the court, right? Mm-hmm. I guess that's kind of the <laughs> mo, right? Yep. <laughs> but uh, so we'll see your your thoughts on on the on the Griffin firing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think it was a little overreactive. I think that. It, the reason they were saying is because of the defense, mostly, is because of how big of a step they've taken backwards defensively. Yep. Um, but look at what happened to the roster. You take debatably yep. the best defensive guard in the NBA and swap him for Damian Lillard, yep. who has never been a good defender, nope. ever. And he's he's slightly improved. He's at least passable on some plays now. Oh, yeah, they go from Holiday to him. Yeah, of course, of yeah. course, you're going to get way worse. And especially in a league that is thriving on good guard play and three pointers, mm-hmm. your guards need to be defensive. And of course, you're going to take a step back defensively if you're swapping out Drew Holiday for Damian right. Lillard. And you know, Giannis is still your guy. It's not like Damian Lillard's not putting up the gaudy numbers that he put up with the Blazers on the Bucks. I mean, he's still. Damian Lillard, he's still doing his thing, scoring over 20 a game most nights, but he's not the guy who's taken over the game anymore. I mean, we yeah. saw it this game. It's right. Damian Lillard wasn't the guy down the stretch who they were looking towards, which I thought was really weird, but...
2: It was really weird, and especially... Yeah, let's talk about the last uh, couple of possessions, especially the last kind of one where... Uh, Giannis Giannis got the ball in Mm -hmm. a situation where you knew they were going to be fouled Mm -hmm. I think, what was this, they were down two or so they were down three yeah, they were down three uh, and Giannis got the ball in a situation you knew they were going to be fouled to try to make two Mm -hmm. why is Giannis not inbounding the
0: ball? Yeah, exactly
2: Exactly. And that goes back to Doc Rivers, too. And it's mm-hmm. like, so we were robbed of an opportunity to see Damian Lillard get, get you know, another yeah. uh, another shot at Dame time because they inbounded the ball to Giannis yeah. down three. Yeah. <laughs> well, you knew you were going to get fouled, and he bricked both free throws. Yeah,
0: right. Exactly.
2: It's, uh yeah. So that was the only disappointment for me in that game was that we didn't get, you know, in the possession before, the Dame was doubled, so we had to... Get the ball off to Brook Lopez who missed a three. We didn't get to see Dame mm-hmm. get a chance mm-hmm. at Dame time in front of the in front of the crowd yeah. once again. That was the only disappointment
0: from that game. Yeah, totally agree. It was a, a a very bizarre sequence. And you could tell they were they were thinking like, get it to Giannis and then a quick pass off, probably to Dame, but no you got to know. At yeah, yeah, no don't, point should
2: he be touching the ball. Yeah. He should be, in, if he's on the court. Inbound. He yeah. should be inbounding the ball. In a situation you know you're going to be fouled, he shouldn't even realistically be on the court. Right. Right. Get your five best free throw
0: shooters in there. Exactly.
2: Right? Exactly. And if you have to have him in there, have him inbound.
0: Right. Because he's, I mean, he's seven feet tall. He can yeah. pass over most exactly. people. And he's a good passer. Throw to literally anybody but him. Yeah.
2: Because you knew the Blazers, the second he got that ball, they were fouled.
0: Yep. Welcome back to the NBA, Doc Rivers.
2: <laughs>
0: Getting outclassed by Chauncey <laughs> Phillips.
2: Your all-star Eastern Conference coach, ladies oh and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh.
0: How about that? Oh, my gosh. All
2: right, let's move on now to uh, the uh, two games against the Nuggets in the Mile High City over the weekend. Uh, I talked about it at the start, Sam. These were surprisingly competitive games. Mm-hmm. I fully expected a major letdown after that Bucks game. Right, because that was the game everybody had circled, and then I thought, okay, you know, you're gonna get, you're gonna take your lumps here uh, against Denver, who's still a really damn good team, mm-hmm. not getting a lot of attention, you know. But lest we forget, this is basically the same team that won the NBA championship last year. Yeah, the uh, bench is a little different, you know. You've instead of a uh, Jeff Green, who's gone on to Houston, Bruce Brown, who was not in Indiana. And he's now somewhere else. Uh, was that Tor- uh, Toronto, Toronto? I yeah, believe because right? he was Siakam in the Pascal trade. Siakam yep. trade. Yeah, but he was a huge part of that yep. team last year as your super sub off the bench. Now it's more of a um, a Reggie Jackson who was actually on the team at the end of last year but didn't really play, mm-hmm. and then uh, Peyton Watson who's really stepped up as a second year guy. He didn't really play at all last year, so they they've been solid as your as your kind of your sixth and seventh guys off the bench. Um, and so it's virtually the same Nuggets team, a couple new pieces that they're working in. Uh, but I mean, just really solid games. And Jeremy Grant was out for both of these. Yeah, an interesting move by Chauncey Billups. I got to give him credit for this. Is he he gave us a couple different options at starting lineup. He gave one start uh, at the uh, small forward. Is uh, um, Jabari Walker continues to be the smarting power power forward, which mm-hmm. I fully agree with. Uh, so with Grant out for both these games, the first game we saw Tumani Kamara back in the starting rotation Mm -hmm. as a more of a small forward and then the second game chris murray got his first start uh nice to see him and he did some nice things in this game so i i like that the interest the tweak from chauncey to to get different guys involved get them a bigger role um and then the other thing that really stood out for me in this in this back-to-back kind of a Delayed back-to-back. He didn't play Saturday, but two games against the same team in the same city. But the yin and the yang of Scoot Henderson because he had the uh, dynamic offensive performance in game one. 30 points, as we mentioned, in 37 minutes. 11 of 12 from the free throw line, really attacking Mm -hmm. the rim. But he still took... Seven three pointers and knocked down three of them. Overall, eight of fifteen. And then game two, uh, the efficiency not nearly there. Just three of sixteen from the field, two of six from three point land. But he still had a solid game. You yep. know, he did the. He still had fourteen points, but eight rebounds, nine big assists in this game for Scoot Henderson at thirty three minutes. So it really saw in this game it was key for me. The scoring wasn't happening, but he was able to to almost get a triple-double still and really still have his effect on the game and still be able to play uh, significant minutes, 33 minutes, in um, a game where he struggled shooting the ball. So yep. that was key for me uh, to see uh, nice performances, one really good and one that was a gritty performance that he mm. didn't have his best night, but he still found a way to impact the game. That was key for me. You talk about a three-game stretch, really putting it together, Milwaukee to the both games in Denver. He's got to be feeling really good right
0: now. Oh, yeah, as he should be. And, you know, it's nice to see his minutes jumping up a little bit before or <laughs> from from as a result of that. Uh this second game against Denver, uh, I think this is what a lot of people were really excited about with Scoot coming into the league is even on nights when yep. he can't fill it up offensively, like we've seen him capable of doing. Because we know he's going to be a streaky scorer. Yeah, I mean he's not a, a good jump shooter. That
2: was the knock. That was the the big knock on him was that he's not a good shooter. Yeah, particularly
0: from D. Exactly. And he's been decent. Yeah, he has been decent. Yeah. It, Honestly, surprisingly well. Uh, yeah. Because he's he's picking and choosing his moments very smartly from three-point range. Yeah, and he's had range. bad games, but he's had really good games yep. too. But this is what you want to see from him is on those nights where the shot isn't falling, because he's going to have a lot of those, Yeah, fill it up in other ways. Take over the game in other ways. And that's exactly what he did against a really, really good very competitive contending level team yep. and that's that's impressive to see so I've I've been very very happy with what we've seen from Scoot Henderson over these last three games.
2: Nine assists only three turnovers too so yeah. good Love assist it. to turnover ratio um, there interesting note uh, in this game too uh, Sam Malcolm Brogdon a mysterious knee injury um, mm-hmm. struck him and he was unable to play this game the final game before the trade deadline I'm sure that's just a wild coincidence. Oh yeah
0: yeah definitely just a coincidence. <laughs> it a, a surprise knee attack
2: that came up. Somebody clubbed him in the... In the uh, hotel (laughs) lobby, I guess, Tanya Harding style. But (laughs) uh, My guess is that if he does not get traded, he will uh, be playing fully healthy against Detroit on Thursday. I have a sneaking suspicion that 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 injury has something to do with the trade deadline coming up and not wanting him to get hurt, just in case they decide that offer comes up that we talk. Not that he's going to get traded, but you'll want to keep those options open. And I wish the NBA... Honestly, I really wish we just had like a week—not mm-hmm. even a week, just like four days—where there's no games, because the worst day of the year is trade deadline day, because half of a uh, lot of the none yeah. of the players are ready. So you got the the guys that are shipped off aren't playing, the guys that are coming in aren't ready yet. So teams are playing with you know shell rosters. At least take that day off. But I think if you give us like two or three days. To you know let these teams kind of figure things out. We don't have to, you know, make up these injuries. We don't have to right. watch games where, you know, three-quarters of the team isn't there. Yeah. You know, the NBA really needs to do something and, and just make this and it just adds to the spectacle too. Like you're still gonna be talked about with the trade deadline, but give us like three days here. Give us give us today, give us tomorrow, and then give us Thursday. Actually, no, give us uh, you can have today. Give us tomorrow. Give us thir- the day before, the day of, and the day after.
0: It's almost like if only there were some sort of multi-day break in the month of February. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would like line up I- in a way that would oh, be Oh, you mean better? the one that
2: happens the next week? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, that, that would make sense, wouldn't it? You yeah, have days All-Star. off already. Yeah, they right. give them days off before uh-huh. and after the All-Star break. Yep. If a guy is traded and he's at All-Star, he has a chance to connect with his new teammates a little bit. Yeah. I mean, come on, NBA. This
2: yeah. is easy. I don't know, Sam. That sounds dangerous to me. Yeah, we need to. We need two separate weeks here. We can't. We can't combine the deadline and the All Star. That's <laughs> that's too much. You know, guys need their vacation in there. So, uh, but yeah, that that irritates me every year. And yeah. Thursday is the worst day to watch the NBA. It's a it's a fantastic day for news wise, but in yeah, terms yeah. of watching the games, it's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, and Detroit's in cell mode, the Blazers is in cell mode, so that game should be a real doozy. Yeah, by the way, Thursday tickets night. tickets as low as three dollars. I saw that. I was gonna report that. Yeah, they've always got on ESPN the lowest tickets available. <laughs> that is as low as I've seen. That's as low as I've, I've seen. I have not too. seen three dollars before. Yeah. Uh <laughs> so there you go. If you're looking to get to a Blazer game and you don't want to spend any money, Thursday night is your night. Yeah. Um they're available for three dollars and I have a feeling there's quite a few available. Uh, I think so. <laughs> So there shouldn't be a, a mad oh, rush on the box office the night of. You could probably take your time on that and uh, and show up right before, and you'll probably get a pretty good seat so. for not a whole lot of money. All right. Um, final, I, I want to talk briefly about the Nuggets before we get into our three questions, kind of what I talked about with how this team differs from last year, whereas the starting lineup's the same, but you've got new pieces off the bench. Um, you know, so, I saw them in a, in a couple games there Peyton Watson really impressed me. That was my first big look at him this year, mm-hmm. and he was a guy who hardly played at UCLA, but he had a—he was a blue-chip prospect, regarded as a really good defender. You hope that he could knock down the three, and he showed that in both games. Strong yeah. defender, he can shoot as well, a 3-and-D guy, quality bench player to step in from going from hardly playing at all last year to now being one of your top guys off the bench. Him and a veteran like Reggie Jackson, is that enough for the Nuggets? Do you think they can afford to stand pat with that? with that
0: kind of rotation. I, I got to imagine they're going to make at least one move for depth because I feel like, you know, Watson coming in and stepping up has been great for them. Uh, but other like earlier in the year, that guy was kind of Christian Brown, and he's kind of disappeared from the rotation a little bit now. So, and he
2: did that last year in the playoffs too. Yeah. He was kind of a guy they leaned on at times, and then they didn't. And so he's kind of that eighth guy, and then your ninth guy is like a uh, DeAndre Jordan, you know, as yeah, your traditional which, big. Right. right
0: which, I mean, you're, you're playing your starters. Jokic is playing close to 40 minutes a night. Everybody else is playing about 35 minutes a night. Yeah, but they do that.
2: They've they've been doing that. They've never been a team yeah, in Mike Malone's era that has rested guys. Michael.
0: Michael Malone. Oh, so, sorry, Michael Malone. sorry. Sorry, Michael. <laughs>
2: I'm going to get the stern lecture that the, the poor ESPN reporter <laughs> got. Thank you, Sam, for correcting me on that. Yes, Michael Malone. Um,
0: but, yeah, I, I got to imagine they'd be looking to add – one piece somewhere i mean yeah maybe maybe try to get bruce brown back oh there you go because you, you
2: know the you know the raptors got no use for yeah, him
0: yeah wouldn't it, that be something i mean i i can't imagine that he's thrilled to play on the terrible <laughs> toronto raptors after winning an nba championship so yeah i don't know i i see them moving something and they've they, got you a lot you gotta of
2: imagine they don't want that money on the books right yeah, they're a no rebuilding way. team no he just yeah. signed a new contract right yeah.
0: Denver's going to be good. They're not going to, they don't need a good draft pick this year. They can sell some of their picks. They can sell oh, yeah. some of these. I mean, these yeah, if you're players. Denver,
2: you're, take how many picks you want. You yeah. know, we're in, we're in Wynn We got like probably a, what, five or six year window where yep. we're going to be. Uh, we're going to be among the best in the West and best in the NBA. What happens after that happens after that. We're yeah. not too worried about it, right? So take our draft picks now. So And, yeah, I wouldn't imagine that the cost would be very high. That's an interesting move. I didn't consider mm-hmm. that. But to bring him back, you already know he fits in well. Yeah. Um, that would be an interesting move to to see if Denver uh, is able to pull the trigger on that. All right, we're going to take a short break, and coming up on the other side, we will have our three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. This is Blazers Edge Radio on X Ray FM.
1: Support for X Ray comes from Beeline Urban Delivery. Beeline supports businesses with access to zero emission delivery, warehousing, and advertising services. More at b-linepdx.com. Support for X-Ray FM comes from New Deal Distillery, located in southeast Portland for over 15 years. New Deal Distillery makes craft vodka, gin, bourbon, rye, rum,
0: liqueurs, and more. New Deal spirits are available in their tasting room as well as
1: cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far. For more information, visit NewDealDistillery.com or their tasting room at 900 Southeast Salmon Street.
0: Support for X-Ray FM comes from Spielman Bagels and Coffee. Opened by Rick Spielman and his son Raf, Spielman has been serving handmade, boiled, and baked bagels and coffee since 2011. Their flagship store can be found on Southeast 21st and Division, or find one of their other shops on Northwest 23rd and Lovejoy, Northeast 22nd and Broadway, or in Multnomah Village.
2: Back at it here on Blazers Edge Radio. Still time to get those thoughts in via the X-Ray text line. 971-220-5979. That is 971-220-5979. And before we get to three questions, real quick, Sam, um, we didn't get a chance to get your midseason awards. I, I don't need the whole list, but I'm curious what you're thinking. We, You don't have to go in retrospect what you were mm-hmm. thinking 10 games ago, mm-hmm. but kind of looking now, we're a little past the, the halfway point of the year. Who stands out for you as the MVP?
0: Well, it was Joel Embiid, okay, but that that's was not happening and anymore. my guy, that's out the window. That's,
2: <laughs> that's going to be impossible because he's yep. not going to play 65 yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, it's literally he's
0: out of the race completely. Right. So Because
2: yep. that, that new rule goes into effect this year to be All-NBA, to be uh, win uh, MVP. I think it's any award, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. Um, you have to play at least 65 games, and he is clearly not going to get that, as so we'll talk about that in just a second. So he's out. Yeah. Um, so who you got?
0: It's probably going to go to Jokic. Um, I kind of wanted to go to Shea Gilgis Alexander. Yeah, yeah,
2: he's and, and the one, uh, a guy that really benefits from Embiid being out is Shea Gilgis yeah. Alexander, right? Because yep. you got you got Joker fatigue in yep. terms of voters, right? Exactly. You really don't want to give it to him again. Yeah, three times in four years, there's no fun in that. Shea has been the dark horse guy. Yep. Right. You look at Luca's great with the Mavs, but yeah. the Mavs aren't good enough to, for him to be winning any awards. Right,
0: that's the thing. is the If the Mavs jump into a top six seed, then I think Luca's way, way up close to the top of that conversation because he's been having a just ridiculous year. But the fact that the Thunder yeah. are over-projecting from where people thought they By were going to be this I year. I had them
2: at like 11, I think. I think. I don't even
0: think I had them in the play-in. I think I had them in the play-in, but not... Not number one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not number one. Um, so, yeah, I like I like Shea for, for MVP. If the Thunder win the West in the regular season, it would be a crime
2: for it would. Shea not I, to get in. I agree.
0: I agree. I totally agree. There's
2: no other argument. You cannot make the argument for Joker if if the Thunder— I'm going to put it this way. If the Thunder finish ahead of the Nuggets, the Nuggets yeah. you have to give Shea the MVP.
0: I would like that. I, I, I'm with you on that. I mean, I talk about Joker fatigue. I I, I don't want to see him win the award no. again. And he's um, still great. He's yeah, great. He, but Shea's been amazing. And
2: Shea is, you're talking like this year, right? Yeah. Not like best player in the NBA right now necessarily. It's the MVP for this season. Right. And whose season is this right now? It's been the Th- Celtics yep. obviously, but... You yeah, know, but that's more of a well-rounded team. Yeah, right? Shea is clearly the guy yeah. in OKC. I would say even more so than Jason Tatum in Boston. Totally, because he's got you know Porzingis they brought in Holiday, Tade, um, Brown, Brown. You know, I, I know why. I mean, yes, exactly. I, I mean OKC's got Chet. They've got Jalen Williams, right? But that's not the same company. Yeah, you take
0: Shea off this team, that's not a good team anymore.
1: No, they're the Rockets.
0: Yeah, <laughs> literally,
1: they're the Rockets. Pretty much, pretty yeah. much. Could you make a case that Jason Tatum, without if he left the Celtics, that they would fall apart? Like maybe he's—I don't three- think they'd
2: fall apart. Though I, I think that he's clearly the best player on that team. But I think that's what we're getting at. There's still a good team without Jason Tatum. Whereas the Thunder without Shea are a bottom tier. They're probably worse than the Rockets, honestly, because the Rockets are only a few games under. They're probably the Blazers. <laughs> Maybe maybe better maybe the Grizzlies or the Warriors how about that but they're they're not any good so I think yeah I I I, w- I went with uh, Joe Joe at the forty game mark too but yeah. now that he's out because I I was almost I was right on the fence of shit right and then it was now with this happening it's like okay I yep. think and the fact that they continue to play well yep. they've won eight of their last ten they're not going away mm-hmm. I think he is right now it, dare I say it's his award to lose.
0: Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Maybe. still
2: thirty games left, but they're thirty five and fifteen right now. So uh, and he's been the biggest part of it, and he, he's uh, he's even gotten even better from last year when he was the most most improved. Mm-hmm. Right. So you really mm-hmm. got to get him up there. Uh, okay. Well, now let's get to the uh, three questions brought to you by New Deal Distillery. Did I already do the read? I don't think I did the read three questions brought to you by new deal distillery they've been located in southeast portland for 20 years now since 2004 they make craft vodka gin bourbon rye rum liqueurs and more their spirits are available in their tasting room at 900 southeast salmon street as well as cocktail lounges and liquor stores near and far more information is available at new deal distillery and steven what is our first question this week
1: our first question is aside from me Okay. Who is the biggest all-star snub? Okay, well, you're our all-star, Steven. You're an <laughs> X-Ray all-star. So
2: uh, we'll give you that. Uh, but, yes, Sam, rules for the snub. Uh, you have to replace them. Now, real quick, I'm going to run you down the uh, the rosters. And there were two injured re- replacements named today. Mm-hmm. I, you saw that. Mm-hmm. Starters for the East, Giannis uh, and Bede, who obviously not play, Halliburton, Lillard, and Tatum. Not a lot of arguments there, right? You've got Off the Banks, Bam... Paulo Bancaro, Scotty Barnes has been named as an injury replacement. Jalen Brown, Jalen Brunson, Tyrese Maxey, Donovan Mitchell, Julius Randle's been named as an uh, Julius Randle is was named All Star. He will not play. He has been replaced with Trey Young. Mm. And on the coach uh, coached by the uh, the uh, the doctor himself, the good doctor, Mr. <laughs> Doc Rivers, who will have coached about five games by that point yeah. for the Milwaukee Bucks and we'll probably have lost half of them <laughs> uh, or more than half probably uh, for the East uh, for the West and by the way it is back to an East-West format this year so that's yeah, no more draft so just when the draft got good I know, they I did it before they somebody complained right because they did it right before the game last year. Yeah, Somebody got their feelings hurt, and now we're back to East versus West. So there you go. Uh, This is why we can't have nice things in the NBA. LeBron, Luka, KD, Shea. Uh, and the Joker are your starters out West. No surprises there. Mm -hmm. Your reserves. By the way, right now, no injuries for the West. I'm sure they're going to pop up with guys not wanting to play in the game, but right now, there's nobody, so no injury replacements yet. Mm -hmm. Booker, Curry, AD, Anthony Edwards, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Carl Anthony Towns for the uh, uh, Western Reserves. They will be coached by Wolves head coach Chris Finch. So, if you have any snubs, I'm going to guess or come on the western side. Yep. Do you have any, and who would you replace them with?
0: I've got two. I'll, I'll give them to you in in order. Okay. Um, so... Both of them are Kings players. Yep. Those are the De'Aaron two. Fox yep. and DeMontis Sabonis. Yep. One of them needed to be in here. Uh I'm gonna I'm gonna make the case for De'Aaron Fox first. Take okay. Paul George out. Paul George has not been that good. I get that the Clippers have been good, but that's mostly because James Harden and Kawhi Leonard. James Harden's looking like James Harden again on the team. Paul George, especially recently, has barely been able to hit 20 points a game. He's been injured a lot. He's he's not super effective on this team. He's the third option right now, it seems like, on the team. De'Aaron Fox is averaging almost 30 points a game. He's at, at right around 28 points a game, I think. The Kings have been good. Um, like we mentioned, maybe a little underperforming from what we were expecting. They seem like they've been worse than they really are. Yeah. Right?
2: Because they yeah. are 29 and 20. They're, you know, they're yeah. right Still there good. with the Suns. They're, yeah. you know... In that right now it would be they would be in the four or five matchup. Um, they've been pretty good, but yeah. it doesn't seem like they haven't made that next jump that we expected this year. Yeah,
0: and then the case for DeMontis Sabonis uh, over Karl Anthony Towns, and the reason okay. that this is second place for me is Karl Anthony Towns has been good this year. Uh, the Wolves are deserving a two But that's, that's the biggest yeah. reason, is because they've been phenomenal. So I think I think you can give it to Carl Anthony Towns. But Demonte Sabonis is averaging almost a triple-double this year. He's, yeah. uh, he's averaging almost 20 points a game. He's averaging an insane amount of rebounds. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think over 12 a game. He's averaging about 9 assists a game. I mean... One of those guys should be in this game. It's yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly.
2: And I, and I'm looking at a team that got two that has no business having two and it's the Lakers. Yeah. Twenty seven and twenty five Lakers. I'm sorry, A D, you've had a great year, but your team is not good enough. Demonis Sabonis in over A D. Wow. But, but okay. I do like I kinda I kinda looked it said, Yeah, two clippers make sense, but you're you're you've got a good point, whereas Paul George has kind of been third fiddle there, he's not the Paul George that we, yeah. we think of anymore. So that would make more of a sense. I mean, I guess you don't if you don't replace him by position. I would go Sabonis over Fox you would. by a hair. Um, but either one of those guys needs to be in the the Kings need to be represented. Yeah, I Bottom saw
0: a, I saw a great tweet okay. or whatever you're supposed to call it because it's X you, you now. You saw an X. I saw an X. Okay. Uh, that sounds weird too. <laughs> it sounds even worse. That sounds like a totally different yeah. conversation. um but yeah, they they brought up the point where they said DeMarcus Cousins used to be a snub in the All-Star game a lot when the Kings were terrible and the reason was because the Kings were terrible. No, Kings what were excuse very- do you have now? <laughs> the Kings are good and you still have great players and that are not making the team. So, I feel bad for Sacramento yeah. fans. One of those guys deserved to get in. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm
2: going I'm going I 80 mean, AD, both AD and LeBron are having great years, yeah. but I have a hard time with the with the Lakers having two All-Stars. No other team would get away with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. With
2: having the record they do
0: yeah. and getting two All-Stars. So,
2: sorry, somebody's got to go. We know it's not going to be LeBron. Sorry, yeah. AD. <laughs> <laughs> Better luck next time.
1: All right, question number two. Question number two is, who has the most to prove at the deadline, the East or the West?
2: One, versus, one for the East, one for the West. Okay. Um, so, your, your team has the most to prove, Sam. West seems pretty easy. It's the Lakers. For me, it's the Lakers. Lakers. It was the Lakers last year. It was the Lakers this year. Last year, they had a big deadline, and they ended up going to the Western Conference Finals. Mm -hmm. This year, with a lot of those same guys, Mm -hmm. they're kind of in a similar situation, so they've obviously got the most to prove. They are in win-win-win now mode, right? Mm -hmm. Along with the, you know, there's in true win-now mode, you're looking at Celtics, Bucks, Nuggets. Probably Phoenix. Phoenix, Clippers, Clippers. Lakers, yeah, Lakers. In terms yeah. of teams that don't have really much to fall back on, right, right. You know, even with the Mavs, Luca's still young, mm-hmm. right. Even with the Sixers, Maxi's still young. Yep. You've still got those are the true win or bust. Right? And so the Lakers really stand out there because they don't have any young talent either. They are all in on on right now. And they've got to do something because right now they're kind of at the end of a crowded pack in the Western Conference behind Mm -hmm. the likes of the Kings, Suns, Pelicans, and Mavericks. Yeah. Just above the Utah Jazz. So they've got to do something. Right? Mm -hmm. The bigger question is out east. Who's got the most to prove? I'm going to go with Miami. Um, okay. and and they did make a move. They made a move. They it's interesting because a lot of the, a lot of those fringe contenders have already made a move. The, mm-hmm. the Nuggets went out and got OG Ananobi. The Pacers went out and got Pascal Siakam. The Knicks. The Knicks got it. Ananobi. Oh yeah. I had the okay, yeah. yeah. The Knicks got Ananobi. The Pacers got who did I say got Ananobi?
0: You said the Nuggets. I think you just <laughs> misspoke. You just, I, I definitely the Nuggets misspoke, yeah. do not have Nuggets, OG Ananobi. Nuggets
2: didn't get anybody yet. Uh, okay, Knicks got Ananobi. Yeah. Pacers got Siakam, and the yep. flyer sale that is the. Raptors that will probably continue uh, Mm -hmm. with whatever they got left and then the Heat getting Terry Rozier which has not worked out to this point
0: yeah yeah and that's another team who should be on kind of the win now right now they really are too yeah the Heat the reason I'm going with them is because this is going to be very interesting because if they have this disappointing of a year and they wind up in one of these eight through ten positions Mm -hmm. or playing in general do you blow the team up and that's well. That was the question last
2: think. year, and then they ended up going to the finals.
0: Yeah, I mean, so, <laughs> but remember, they weren't any good yeah, in the regular season. That's true. That's true. And we were saying, why are they not blowing it up? And then they yep. made their run. Yeah, but I, I think the Heat are in an interesting position because you're kind of win now, but you could also restructure the team around Bam Adebayo, and because he's young enough, <laughs> yeah. Tyler Hero's young enough. I don't know if I feel good about Tyler Hero. I don't feel was, good I mean, about Tyler Hero. But, there's a
2: reason the Blazers didn't want to touch
0: right. him. Right, but he at least fits in on that timeline. Yeah. Uh, Jaime Jaquez has been great as a He's rookie. Good, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, the Heat, there's a lot of questions. I me, Probably the Hawks too. Those are those are my two. But yeah, leaning I think towards the Heat.
2: If you're the Hawks, I think I'm giving up at this point.
0: I think you have to, but I think they do have a lot enough. to they have a lot to prove at the deadline because they Make they have to figure out how to move. Well, not even that. They just have to figure out how to move on from these. Oh, guys. I
2: see. Okay, yeah. Well, fair. Okay, so you're going more the other way. Yeah. <laughs> gotta, okay. How do you
0: get rid of all these <laughs>
2: bad? I like pieces? that. Okay. Yeah, I think it's really interesting for the Heat because I feel like this. I feel like we say this every year, so this may not be true. This may just be recency bias. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more good teams in the East this year. It does seem like that, right? Yeah, that might that might have been the case last year. I feel like it wasn't, but like the the Cavs had all that injury had all those injuries, and now they've got guys back with Mobley and Garland. But they excelled behind yeah. uh, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, by the way, you want to talk about the new yeah. Dark Horse yeah. MVP candidate, Donovan Mitchell, for keeping not just keeping that team afloat, but keeping that team thriving yeah. when they look like they were going to be done. Yep. When you talk about Mobley and Garland going out, they survived that. They thrived with those guys out. Now they are are right there with the Bucks, tied for second in the East. You've obviously got the box. Any team that's got Giannis and Dame is going to be, you know, really good. The Celtics, mm-hmm. the Knicks have been s- strong. Jalen Brunson, getting... Brunson, another dark horse yep, guy. There you go. But the uh, the um, Anunoby trade has worked out for them, Very well. right? Pacers have, have been a surprise team this year. They made a move already with Siakam. Mm-hmm. We'll see about the Magic. Yeah, I'm with you. It's got to be the Heat because yeah. um, those te- there's too many. The- I feel like those that many good teams weren't there last year. Yeah, right? exactly. And so you- you're. With the heat, where you've got a lot more competition um, in that Eastern Conference, you're going to have eight good playoff teams in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. And so, Miami has got to make a move there. Uh, the Terry Rozier trade, uh, I liked it on paper. It hasn't worked out yet. You got to do more. Yep. right? So, that's going to be yep. uh, the key for me. But I like the Hawks too, that it's time to actually pivot and move and yep. and, and move on. They got to figure something Trey, out. Trey Young, worst superstar in the NBA. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> There's a reason this guy's snubbed every Year for the, <laughs> if you're snubbed every year, you're not really a snub anymore, right? Yeah. He's an injury replacement, but with the numbers he puts up, it's just that the book is out on Trey Young, right? Mm-hmm. He puts up good numbers, but, you know, they had that one year where they where yeah. they were ahead of schedule and then they've been chasing it ever since. Yep, right? exactly. He's not going to be, it's pretty clear at this point, Trey Young is not going to be the star of a good team. Mm-hmm. Uh, question number three.
1: Right before we hit that question, I want to say that the biggest loser in the All-Star game is the Blazers because Damian Lillard is now a starting point guard in the All-Star game. Who is going to want to come to Portland when you know that if you are in Portland, you can't be a starting All-Star, and then later on you move somewhere else and it's you a, are? It's the
2: sacramental effect, yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: So, yep. with that said, question number three. Are the 76ers out of realistic contention?
2: Just a team we haven't mentioned, Sam, in that mm-hmm. Eastern Conference, and forever we've had them uh, this year as number three. Penciled mm-hmm. them in, right? Uh, but now we know that Joel Embiid will be out at least a month with torn meniscus in his knee. D- does this doom them? Because I think they're 4-11 or 4-12 and 12 this year without Embiid in the lineup. Maxie's great, but mm-hmm. Tobias Harris is not... Tobias Harris and he's not capable of yeah. um, being a number two guy, clearly, especially at this point in his career. Uh, are they done in terms of uh, in terms not not like in general, just in terms of this year with the other good teams there, with the Knicks, the Pacers, the other teams they're scratching and clawing with, are they gonna be able to survive a month without Embiid?
0: I think they will. I okay. don't think they're gonna stay where they are. Um, because you have Indy scratching at their heels and Indy's trying to push right yep. now. They're they're being competitive. Um, that being said, if this injury happened after the trade deadline, I would be much more worried. But I think Philly's a team that you got to look for oh, okay. maybe getting a, a, at least good rotational big man because Paul Reed has been fine for them. You can't start him at center. You can't. He's, no. he's, he's a little undersized. Yeah. He can't go against these bigger guys. Quality
2: big man is kind of a small ball center, but yep. he, you're not going to get very far with him as your starting
0: center. And Mo Bamba is... Just There's a reason super nobody wants Mo Bomb. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking for the Sixers to make a move to kinda of stay competitive, let Embiid get healthy, then make a playoff push, because they'll be fine in the playoffs. Yeah.
2: Alright, that's a good one. Yeah, to keep your eyes on the Sixers, see what they do. Um if they want to try to salvage this year. But yeah, it's funny about Mo Bamba. He had the one good year in Orlando. Yeah. And he keeps so he keeps getting signed, but nobody seems to want him, right? Yep. Bobo available, is that what you're saying, Steven? Okay, watch out for him. Is he still in he's, Phoenix. he's still in Denver? Phoenix. He's in Phoenix? Yeah. All right, maybe the bull Bare, Bulls. We'll but, see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the new Mobamba. <laughs> <Bowl>. <laughs> How about that? All right, trade deadline coming up. Sam, any final thoughts before Tuesday uh Thursday's deadline? And we'll we'll of course recap it on Tuesday. Anything you want to see from Portland?
0: I I want to see them not rush into any trades. no panic move. Don't panic. Okay. You're fine. Just you're bad. You're going to get a good draft pick this year. You can make moves in the offseason. If somebody offers you something great, take it. But Okay. Don't feel like you need to.
2: So you don't want to see the patented Olshay move to make a move.
0: Yes. Okay. I, that and I'm expecting it. Honestly, I'm expecting it, knowing That's how this organization's run. But
2: Joe kind of does the same thing. Yeah, just prove us wrong. Take Joe. some
0: deep breaths. Prove us wrong, Joe. All right, we'll see. That's coming
2: up next week. We'll have plenty to talk about there. We'll see if we've got any new faces on the Blazers or if it's business as usual. And then after that, things will quiet down and you kind of know who you got for the rest of the year and you can settle in and, and try to develop your, your younger guys and hopefully get Shaden Sharp back soon. Yeah, My God, he's yeah. been out for a while. Um, That that stretch where he was playing 45 minutes a night, not looking so good right now. That's <laughs> yeah. all I got to nice say job, there. Nice job, Chauncey. <laughs> all right, we got to get one final <laughs> All right, We will be back at it better than ever next week to recap the trade deadline, talk about the next couple of games, including that barn burner against the Pistons uh, on Thursday night, which you can go to, according to ESPN, for as little as $3. So uh, don't miss out on that. We'll be back at it next week, next Tuesday at 1 o'clock right here on Blazers Eggs Radio. But stay tuned, Flying, Sa- Flying Saucer Safari is up next on X-Ray FM.